Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise was awesome. It was awesome. Um, tonight, I'm going to be, the title of my subject, my teaching is, The Kingdom of God and Healing Go Hand in Hand. And I, I'm asking everyone tonight to open your heart to hear what the Word of God is saying. We're going to go through a lot of scriptures because there's power in the Word of God. And when I was putting this together, you know, the Spirit kept you know, giving me scriptures, and I kept thinking, well, wait, Larry used that. Wait, wait, the pastor used that. <laughs> you know I mean? you know, and then finally I thought, wait a second. There's a reason why we keep using these same scriptures. There's something that God wants us to hear, and it might be for just one person. It may for, be for me. I don't know. I don't have to question what's going to go on. I just have to be faithful to what the Lord is telling me to do. And um, we all know this. One word from God can change your entire life. And it doesn't make sense. It's a word that you may, some of us are like, you know, you're knocking on 60's door, you know, <laughs> and, may, and you've heard it for 40 years. Why does it take 40 years for that word to just hit you and change your life? For one thing, your heart has to be open to it. You know, every time you get a word from God, you have a choice. You can say, praise God, I'm going to stand on that word. Or you can say, yeah. <laughs> How many times have I said, yeah? But praise God. He's faithful. And he doesn't give up on me. Um... You know, the Pharisees didn't receive Jesus because Jesus didn't meet their expectations. How many times do we not receive the word because it doesn't meet our expectations? How many times do we, you know, uh, not receive the word because it's not presented in the way that I want it presented? So once again, we all, including myself, we need to open our hearts to hear. We can hear a word from a pastor our pastor, he has a lot of word in him. We can hear from teachers. I want to encourage you not just you know, to, to find, not just our pastor, which is great. We need to listen to what our pastor is saying because he, he's leading us. He's leading our church. But God can use other teachers to encourage us also. And don't let your expectation keep you from hearing from them. You can get a word from me. <laughs> You know, and, and, and don't say, well, Karen, you're not what I'm expecting from a teacher because you know what? I'm not what I'm expecting from a teacher either. It's not about me. It is about the Word of God. It is about the power of the name of Jesus Christ. The Word says <laughs> that the Word is Jesus. So as, if sometimes it could just be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> And it can set you free in a situation. You may not know what, what to say in, in certain situations. So expect to receive. I have to confess, I've come to church not expecting to receive. Shame on me. But praise God, he doesn't sit there and say, well, Karen... <laughs> You weren't expecting to receive the last three services, so I'm cutting you off. He doesn't do that. He knows the condition of our heart, and he'll continue to encourage us. He'll continue to have his word there. So I don't know who I'm speaking to. It doesn't matter what you've gone through in your life. It doesn't matter success or failure. What matters is right now, what is the word of God saying to you right now? And what he's saying to to one person may be something different than another person. May, he may be telling one person, you need to eat, <laughs> telling another one, you don't need to eat that much. <laughs> I mean, it's something as simple as that. So we need our own word through our own relationship with God. So please, just think about it. I want to pray with you right now. Lord, help us to open our ear to hear. Help us quiet our minds. 
so that we can hear what you're wanting to say to your people in this present day, this present time in our lives. You know, we have a lot of people wanting to talk to us. And we have a lot of opinions out there in the church. Well, this is how you should get healed. She's not getting healed because she's not doing this. He's not getting healed. Isn't it funny we judge why people are, are not feeling well and we have no clue what's going on? You know, um, God will meet you where you're at. And I'm kind of getting ahead of, of my notes here. But it's not for us to judge anything that anyone's doing. It's for us to pray for our brothers and sisters and encourage them. We don't want to be a discouragement. We don't want the enemy to use us to discourage them. Or, you know, God gives them a word and you say, that didn't sound right to me. (laughs) You could have caused caused that person to stumble. Or you could have caused some doubt to enter into their hearts. So, you know, when we talk about listening and things like that, one of the things that's very loud in life, of course, is, is, is the enemy, but our bodies. Our bodies are loud. Our bodies, they want, to, they want to rule things. And I've been guilty of letting my body rule. I can tell you right now, when I listen to my body, it never goes to a good place. But when I listen to what the Word says... That's when I see victory. I mean, even when I listen to my body and I'm doing what seems good in the world's eyes. You know, there was a time in my life where I exercised way too much. And I was getting lots of results because I was exercising. And guess what? I had a tremendous amount of pride about this, the, 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 the success I was having. I don't know that's... But, but what's important is for us to do what the Spirit is telling us to do. And what kind of got me on the subject of the kingdom is a couple weeks ago in the class I was teaching on the kingdom. And we taught about how what's happened in the church and how in the 20th century, that's when we had an awakening in the church, Azuzu Street. Do you know that that was in Los Angeles, California? That's when that took place. And what's, what's interesting about that, and it's worth sharing, because a lot of people who are young, you don't know about what happened in this great uh, awakening that happened in the church. But there were seven people praying and just waiting on God. These were not spirit-filled people that were already praying in tongues. These were people that had their hearts open to God and then a spirit came in and knocked them off of their chairs. They fell on the ground and they began to speak in tongues. And they began to shout worship and praising God. And the next thing you know, this little meeting had to be moved outside because all of these people started hearing about it and they had to come to the service. That is mighty. That is mighty. But what happened, you know, you might say, well, what happened... You know, why did we need that? Well, we needed that because in the centuries, you know, the, the, the 1800s years, prior, after Jesus resurrected, after the disciples went out and they were, they were, they were teaching the kingdom and they, people were being, being healed in meetings, and it, as it grew, the Catholic Church took it over. And I'm not, nothing against the Catholic Church. I don't want to say that because it's a different church, you know. I hope it's a different church today than it was then. But they started teaching man's rules. It became a business. You know, they had soldiers. I mean, it became a full-blown business. And the Spirit, they, 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 and they didn't read the Word. Bibles weren't accessible to people. The Word came alive and revival came to us once Martin Luther, I want to say King, Martin Luther had the Bibles translated. When somebody found a Bible in a monastery and read it with an open heart and said, wait a second, we're not doing what the Bible says. We're, We're not experiencing what this Bible says we should experience. 
And they had a lot of people come against them in the church. People didn't want change, but praise God, he stood his gun. Praise God, people were willing to die so that you and I have several Bibles in our homes. Praise God. But we're supposed to take it a step further. We're supposed to have the same kind of meetings that they had on Azuzu Street, the same kind of meetings that the disciples had, the same kind of meetings that Jesus had. He said that we will do greater things. Are we doing greater things? I'm not. I want to change that in my life. And so now we're going to get to a lot of scriptures because I think it's important to read the scriptures. Testimonies are great and they're wonderful. And testimonies is what got some of the right revival going in the, the Azusa uh, revival. But um, realize that we have, a, we have a ways to go. And we also have to realize that some of that stinking thinking is still in our mindset. I know with me, some of that stinking thinking is performance-based. You know, I disqualify myself all the time. And I have to be honest, sometimes I disqualify others. I don't want to do that. I want to do what the Word of God says I should be doing. I want to walk in all the power that comes with being in the kingdom of God. And, um, you know, healing is basically a manifestation that comes from a kingdom teaching. You know, Jesus never really had like a, a, a meeting where he sat down and he said, okay, we're going to talk about healing today. He taught about the kingdom and then people were healed. The disciples talked about the kingdom, which was Jesus Christ, and people were healed. It happened together. We're the ones that separate things. We've even separated being born again and being, uh, and being healed. And we'll look a little bit later on what happened at the cross, but I want to look at Luke 4, starting with the 16th verse. It says, So he came to Nazareth, where he had been uh, brought, uh, brought up. And I'm going to put my glasses on here. Okay. And as the custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood to read. And he, he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because, I am anointed, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. This is what he came to do. Not just to leave me born again. We leave out a, a big part of what Jesus came here to do. Um, Luke 9, the first verse, in second verse, when he sends out the 12, he says, then he called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure disease. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. Whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. And, wherever, uh, and whoever will receive you, will, will not receive you, when you go out, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. Now he is saying... If they don't agree with you, if they don't agree with the word, forget them. Don't even let any lingering thought of the lie that they're believing that's causing them not to believe the word of God. Don't give it space and surely don't take it with you to your next meeting. God never mingles lies with the truth. Okay, the early church did. And they snuff some things out. The Pharisees do. The enemy does. Wants us to mix with the pure gold of the word. Want us to mix it, to soften it up with lies. So shake it off. Don't receive it. 
Don't, don't think about it again. Don't give it another thought. If you've had someone speak a, a lie from the enemy about you or your situation, do not give it space in your mind. Put in your mind what the Word says about that situation. So they departed, and they went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Luke eight ten. And the apostles, when they had returned, told him of all that they had done. They were excited, you know. And, and then, they, they t- uh, then he took them, and, and they went aside privately into the desert place belonging to the city of uh, Bethesda. But the multitudes knew it, and they followed him. And he received them spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of, of healing. So if, he, if anyone who had need of healing, they were healed. So when it comes to preaching the kingdom of God, it includes everything that man needs, spirit, soul, and body. I want to say it again. Spirit, soul, and body. We have a tendency to leave out the body, So that means it also includes healing. Let's look at um, Luke 5, 12. It says, And it happened when he was in a certain city, and behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus and fell on his face, implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, make me clean. Then Jesus put his hand on, uh, put, uh, Jesus put out his hand, touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leper, leprosy left him. We've heard these scriptures before, but I'm asking you, listen with an open heart, like it's something new. As you're hearing it, as you're reading it with me, say, Lord, give me a word. <laughs> give me a word. Give me something I can stand on. Everyone in here needs some kind of healing. It can be in your mind, it can be relationship, it can be health. Give me a word, Lord. Open my ears so I can hear what you're, what you're saying to your people. Let's skip down to verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town in Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal. Okay, let's make it clear. The presence of the Lord is, is, is here with us right now. It is present to heal right now because we are filled with the Lord. We have His Spirit inside of us. Therefore, wherever we go, we've got the presence of the Lord to heal. And we have power in the midst wherever we go. Almost all of us are filled with the Holy Spirit that rushed in that room. We may not have experienced the same thing. Don't disqualify the power that you have because you weren't knocked down. You got it because the Word says you got it. The same Holy Spirit that knocked down the seven men is the same Holy Spirit that we received. And let's go to to, to 18. And it says, Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed. Whom they sought to bring and lay, lay, lay down, lay down, <laughs> bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up to the housetop and let him down through the tile into the midst of, of before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to, to, to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, Rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, And he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he arose. And I want to say, and and, uh, immediately he arose, he took up his bed, he was lying on, and he departed to his his house in, in glorifying God. And they were all amazed. They glorified God, and they were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. I want to see some strange things. 
I want to see some strange things. We're going to see some strange things. You know, many people, many times people come up for prayer with a closed heart because they have certain expectations. Those same expectations that keep you from receiving the word keep you from receiving healing. You know, when you, when, when you think, well, wait a second. You take the time to go up, go up to the front to get prayed for and your heart's not open to it? Yeah, that, that can happen. In some cases, people can't see a way out of their situation uh, because it's way too painful or, it, or there's too much going on or whatever the reason. You know, I, I shared with you that, that one time I had hurt my ankle really bad when, I, when Ruth was a baby. And it was, it was so bad that I, we went to church and, and I, it, was pain, it was painful. And I only went to church because I was legalistic and I couldn't miss because I didn't want people to talk about me. You know, number one, great heart there. Um, the only reason why I went up to prayer was because I didn't want people, because you could see I was on crutches, I was in pain. So, every, you know, when it was time to lay hands on the sick, everyone looks at me, I had to go up. My heart wasn't in the right place. I'd never seen anyone get healed at my church physically. I'd seen, I, I knew what the word said, and I'd seen Benny Hinn on TV at that point, you know, but I'd never seen anything in person. So when I went up there, I was not expecting anything. I just went up there because I didn't want to be someone to say, why didn't I go up? And when I went up there, they laid hands on me, they spoke the word over me, and I felt nothing like I expected. And, and my, my foot was, I remember it was hurting so bad, and I was try, trying to turn around and not, not move my, my ankle, and it was hurting. And as I, as I got totally turned around, I heard a voice say, walk on it. And my first thought, it's still hurting. <laughs> it hurts just to have the wind blow on it. And then I heard it again, walk on it. And I did. And when I walked on it, the first step, it was sore. It was more like a, a healed sprain, to be honest with you. It was sore. And by the time I got back to my seat, the swelling had gone down some. And it took a couple of days for, the, uh, for, it, for it to heal. But my point is this. One word, or two words, walk, well, three words, walk on it. <laughs> and I did. You know, you know and, and the people that prayed for me, they did what they were supposed to do. They, they laid hands on me. They may have even put oil on me. I don't know. But, you know, it, but, the, the, but the point is this. I did eventually listen. And I know to this day, some 23 years later, I remember the day that I got healed, and I remember the day how it felt before I was healed and how it felt after I was healed. I don't even remember the pain that I had in childbirth. It was pretty bad because I told Mark I didn't want to have another kid. There was no way, you know. And I, I don't remember childbirth pain, but I remember that, and I think it's the Holy Spirit that lets me remember how good he was, that even in that pain, I could still walk on it. Now, does that mean that everybody that comes up with a, and I think it's probably broken, with a broken foot is supposed to walk on it? That was a word for me. See, people want to see, oh, that worked for Karen, so therefore that is my, my plan. That's, that's what I'm going to do. You can't stand on the word that God gave me. Get your own word. Because when he gives you a word, you can stand on that even when you're in pain, even when you think you can't do it. God is not going to tell you to do something you can't do. And I've experienced that my entire walk. And still... My mind says, but wait a second, I can't do that. <laughs> Even though I can count, you know, maybe on two hands how many times I've done things I didn't think I could do that God told me to do. I still want to argue. But praise God. The word of God is higher than any argument that the enemy can put in front of me. And if I open my heart, I'll hear what the Lord is saying. And I'll be healed or I'll be strengthened or whatever it is that I need to do to accomplish my walk here on earth. And that's the same for you guys. Um, I'm going to skip some things here. Sickness and death. This, I think this is important to, to think about this. <clears throat> we said that salvation is spirit, soul, and body. If your spirit is recreated when you're born again, your body is also... I'm not talking about your... Um, 
now losing a word there, but um, glorified body. I'm talking about your body on earth. Sickness and death came at the fall of Adam and Eve. Jesus was the second Adam. Jesus died on the cross and took all of that, that on him, not just for our soul, but to restore our body. If we just needed the sacrifice, they just could have just killed him. But what he went through was so much more than that, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But on the cross, Jesus took on, we just read it, every broken heart, every illness and disease, every oppression, every lie that the enemy has ever spoken was on the cross. And Jesus proved it wrong. He restored everything. In Acts 8, the fifth verse, it says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ to them, and and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits spirits crying with a loud voice came, uh, came out of many who were oppressed, and many were, who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy. Now let's skip down. Well, we'll go to nine. It's not skipping, is it? Uh, in, in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the, the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorcery for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning God, the kingdom of God, at the name of, uh, of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized, and then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. Of course, he wanted some other things too, won't go into that. But I want to point out, Philip was one of us. You know, Philip was one of the guys that was <laughs> chosen to wait tables. You know, he was there, just a normal guy, serving the Lord in church. And then the next thing you know, he's in Samaria preaching Christ. What a great example for us. He can use normal folk like us to preach Christ. And not only to preach Christ, but to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating where demons flee, where lame men are healed, where the blind can see, the brokenhearted are healed, where restoration can take place. We can, as common folk, we should, we should lift our heads to do more. See, the enemy wants to squash us down. God never squashes. He lifts. He always lifts and encourages. So, you know, we see a lot of healing campaigns in other countries. And one of the reasons, and, and I was much in the U.S., one of the reasons other countries, <laughs> they see more spiritual things. They believe in spiritual things. Our country, we have too much intellect, too much progress, too many programs, <laughs> too many whatever, and we don't need God. I mean, in other countries... Uh, eyes get healed a whole lot more here. We can just go to SOS. They're, they're still around. You know? <laughs> we'd see more if we'd open our eyes to, to see more spiritual things. We're not seeing it because we're not expecting to see the spiritual things. And uh, God cares about our physical body. I want us to just skip on to, there's a lot of good scriptures in here, but you know, I want to come across some lies. Cause, you know, my first thought was, you know what? No one in here has these lies, but I think, I think some of us do. And God can reveal to you what lies you're believing or what lies can, can be a stumbling block to you. But a lot of times, you know, people, you know, may not, they may think that it's not God's will to heal them because they're not worthy. Well, guess what? None of us was worthy. Jesus is worthy. And because of his worthiness, we're healed. The sickness may be for God to, to teach me something. Well, you know what? See, what happens is, yeah, a lot of times you do learn something when you're healed. 
But God never put sickness on anybody. But see, the world changes things, you know. Because then, then what you learned is glorified. And really what we should say is, you know, yes, it's wonderful. We learned something. This is wonderful. But, you know, it's better not to have to have gone through that. That's a better testimony. Um, you know, or it might be, oh, I'm just not doing something right. I've been here before. Why? I pray and I pray. I'm, I'm not doing something right. Okay, so what i got to do, you know, and this it sounds silly. Okay, I stand on one leg because I saw Mary do this. And then she did this. You know, you're, you're trying to reenact what you saw somebody else do instead of just going to the Lord. And that, sound, that sounds so simple, and I know it does, but it is that simple. Our mind complicates things. We have an enemy that wants us to believe, believe a lie. We have an enemy that wants to keep the power of God flowing in our lives. And so he is going to use any kind of lie to attack us. Even the most spiritual and the people who know the most word can still be tricked. Think about it. Adam and Eve had everything that they needed. They had never experienced brokenheartedness, sickness, need, desperation. They were living in paradise. And the enemy was, and they, and they talked to God in the cool of the day. And they knew they were talking to God in the cool of the day. And the enemy lied to them. So we need to be aware that the enemy can lie to us, and we have to, we have, to have our wits about us. So we learn what Eve did. What was it? What did he say to Eve? Did he really say that? Are you really that sick? Do you really need people to lay hands on you? I'm just speaking lies that come up. So the enemy wants to get you at the point of desperation. He wants to get us feeling so much desperation or so much pain that it will be harder for us to stand. But we can still stand, even in that pain. And I want a a great example of, of standing in pain is on the cross. And this is gruesome, but I think it's important for us to see what our Lord Jesus Christ did for us. You know, he knew what he was going to do, and he sweated blood. He knew what he was going to go through for us. He did it anyway, but he sweated blood because this is what, what happened. You know, um, you know, flogging or scourging was done before every execution, and it was intended to bring a victim to the stake just short of death. So I think if him being on the cross and all this happened to him. No. He was flogged before even going to the state just short of death. You know, the whips had iron, some say had rocks, but they were sharp things, and it was, it was tied to the end of the whip, and so it cut the skin, it cut the muscle. They, were, they went heavy on him, and, I, and, and generally that's what it did. It, it, but it, it, he was so, he was unrecognizable to be human, he was that gruesomely torn apart. And then after that, he had to carry the top portion of the cross, which weighed 70 to 125 pounds. So he is just short of what death would be, and he's having to carry you know, this cross, 75 to 125 pounds to outside of the city because what they did was so gruesome and gross that they didn't do it in the city because it was hard for the citizens to see what they did to someone. Not to mention the crown of thorns on his head. They took his clothes, they spit on him, they called him names, and once he was on the cross, you know, he had to push himself up with those feet that had the nails in them so he could breathe. And he was on the cross, they say, for at least six hours. Because he was taken on every disease, every illness, every evil thing that the enemy had put on mankind. He was taking it there with him. And then, we'll go to John 19, uh, 20, 28. After this, Jesus 
knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. And now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with the sour wine, put it on hyssop, and, and put it in his mouth. And so when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Bowing his head down, he gave up his life for us. He gave up his life for us. The pain that he endured is worse than any pain any of us have gone through. And if you've seen someone that's sick, woof, it's hard to watch the pain that they go through. But Jesus took it. He bore our pain. He bore our weaknesses, even for people right now that are in that serious pain. He took on everything so we wouldn't have to. Isaiah 53 4 through 6 says, Surely he has borne our griefs. I'm going to cry. He has carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. By his stripes we were healed. All we like, uh, all we like sheep have gone astray. So he's saying, okay, you know what? He knows we're going to mess up. He knows that we're going to not get it right. But he still bore all that for us so we wouldn't have to. Let me see. We have turned everyone to his own, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Every sin... Every lie that we've believed, every sickness, every disease is laid on the cross. And my prayer is if you get, just get a, an awakening of what, what that is, I mean, he took it on. We don't have to. And even if you're, if you're taking it on right now, you don't have to. Open your heart to hear a word you can stand on. He'll give you a word. We can't stand... When you get to the point where you have no strength and all you are is in pain, you can't stand on your own. But God can give you a word that can quicken your mortal body. I want to say it again. God can give you a word that will quicken and heal all iniquity. First uh, Peter, two, twenty-four. Who himself bore our sin in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. And I want to spend a little time because I do want to pray for you guys. And so I'm just going to, you know, there's 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 numerous scriptures about healing. You know, Dodie Osteen, I love it. What did she do when she, when she was sent home to die? She just had all these scriptures about healing. She wouldn't let anybody speak anything else. You know, there was a time when, uh, um, um, it's, it, uh, who was it? The, the, I can't remember, when the, when the guy was saying his servant needed to be healed and, you know, got the report that they were dead, the daughter was dead. What did Jesus do? Uh, he said, okay, just... I'm not going to have anybody else go in with me except for my peeps. So we might need to, when you're, when you're standing, you may have to, to separate yourself from unbelievers. People mean all well and good, but they'll say some stupid things. And to say, just be warm, be filled, or I don't know, they're, they're missing it somewhere. You know, whatever that garbage that someone says. Or, man, you look awful. <laughs> I mean, whatever it might. I mean, all these words of encouragement. Um, we have to be wise how we talk to our brothers and our sisters. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what word God has put in their heart that he's wanting to, that seed, that he's wanting to grow. And we don't want to squash it. We want to be used by God to encourage those people. So we don't have to know everything. You know? The Holy Spirit can lead you to, to get the right people around you that are going to pray with you and encourage you, and stand on the word with you. Um, 
Let me see here. You know, it, it was the, the, the girl's life who was restored. There's a lot of good scriptures here, and I'm going to kind of go through. I thought I was going to get through more of them than I thought I was. But, you know, the, the woman that had the issue of blood, you know, she was sick for 14 years. She spent all her money on doctors, and she was not feeling good. And she just said, if I could just touch the robe, I'll be healed. Jesus met her where she was at. Jesus didn't say, well, wait a second. I'm your plan B. Now that you spent all your money, <laughs> now, no. He didn't, his, his thinking wasn't even in it. He was walking with the power. Her faith was activated because she just said, if I touch the robe. You know, the centurion said, I understand authority. Just speak a word. Jesus met, met the centurion where his faith was. The, um, uh, Jesus, I'm trying to give examples here, but there's numerous places in the Bible where Jesus met people, and it could be just say a word, lay a hand. So it wasn't always the same, but what, what was the same is where the person's faith, what was the same actually is Jesus met them where their faith was. That's what never changed. He never judged where their faith was. So, you know, if your faith is that you're going to be healed through the help of doctors, Jesus will meet you there. If your faith is that Jesus is going to heal you without doctors, he'll meet you there. But the two camps like to judge each other. And you get distracted. Jesus will meet you wherever you are at. You know, I I was having some stomach issues, and I was... um, and so I, I just read something about take probiotics. And it got all over me. I need to take probiotics. Well, guess what? I feel wonderful. But what was so funny is I was talking to someone and I thought, oh, you know, I should have had faith for that. Well, I had faith for it. And I do believe that the Lord told me to take that. Something simple. But what Matt, what's most important, I am healed and God's getting the glory for it. I believe that it's probiotics and the Lord that is healing my body. Strength is coming back into me. I feel good. And the thing about it is, when, when you don't feel good for a while, you just take whatever happens, you know. You kind of like swing, you know? you know. But the enemy wants you to give up. I could, have, I could have waited for a year to hear from the Lord what I wanted to hear, something special. You know, I've been healed before by laying hands on myself. Why not do that? I don't know. Be thankful that God, I'm thankful that God has met me where I'm at. And I want to just take this last bit of time to just encourage you to forget about your past, except for when God's, except the good stuff that God's done. <laughs> no. But forget about the failures. You know, and even in some, in, in some cases, kind of forget about how God healed you. Because if your faith is in the method, your faith isn't in God. So use it to say, okay, God, I know you've done this in the past. I know you'll do it again. Open my ears to hear how you're going to do it this time in me. Instead of saying, well, last time I did this, I did that, hmm, it's not working. Well, because your faith is in the wrong thing. Read the healing scriptures. If you can't read the healing scriptures, have someone read them to you. You can go, I mean, you can, there's several sources. I think Andrew Womack has a, I think you can go there and, and there, he's got a recording of healing scriptures. You can just listen to the healing scriptures. Because there's power in the word of God. You can stand on the Word of God. You can't stand on what God did for me personally. It can encourage you that he's going to do it for you. But if God gives you a word, it's for you. It's to encourage you. So in some cases, you may have to forget what the doctors have told you. You know, I love that, you know, you say, wait a second. (laughs) That's hard to do. It is hard to do. I don't want to oversimplify that. You can't do that without revelation from God. 
when you're in the middle of a fight and you're feeling bad and the doctors are encouraging you to give up or make, make your plans, get, get, get your life in order. I love that. I, get my life in order. Just go to the Word. That's the order we need to get in line with, not the world's order. Well, you don't want to leave your children. No, you don't. We want to be in this race until we've accomplished what God has told us to do. If God has told us something, he is faithful to finish that in our lives. But the enemy wants you to give up on that. wants to take you out. If you stumble, you can always get back up. Even if you stumble in front of a lot of people, you can still get back up. Um, we can speak to the mountain. Part of what we have to do is we got to dust off our shoes when we, when, we, when we leave the doctor's office sometimes. Okay, I'm not speaking against doctors. I've seen people get healed through doctors. I've seen medicine work. You know, the other day, I, want, you know, I felt like the Holy Spirit corrected me because I made a comment when, when Larry was teaching that, um, you know, people will take the aspirin before they pray. Well, you know what? The woman, the woman with the issue of blood, she took a lot more than aspirin before she reached out. It doesn't matter. God will meet you where you're at. So what? You take the aspirin and you pray. Don't, don't say, oh, well, now I don't have faith because I took an aspirin. See, that's the enemy wanting you to say you don't have faith. That's the enemy wanting to discourage you. If you have faith that, you can be, that God can heal you through the aspirin, all invention, everything came from God. Everything, came from, everything good came from God. But our faith shouldn't be in the doctors. Our faith should be that God is going to use those doctors. God's going to give them wisdom. And God's going to give me strength. God's going to give me a word to stand on. Because I'm not strong enough to stand on my own. You know, God put people around us to stand with us. And we need to... We need to it's, it, it's not weakness to say we had to stand with our brother. In a time of weakness, we need each other. You want the righteous standing with you. Um... So God wants us well. He wants our bodies restored. He has a future for each and every one of us, and it's good. When he made creation, he said it is good. God doesn't make junk. The enemy tries to, to wear it down, to break it. I keep saying open our hearts to hear what the word is saying, and not only that, but then expect to hear it even if it doesn't meet your expectations. We need to open our, inspe- our expector, to broaden it, to expect. I mean, what, why, why did Jesus have the one? He, Jesus spit on some dirt, made clay, and put it on someone's eyes, and then said, go wash it in this dirty water? <laughs> but the guy did it. He was healed. So do whatever the Lord tells you to do, in faith, knowing that he is faithful. Um, God spoke the, wor- the, the world into existence. We can speak our world into existence. You know, the word says that, that our, by our words we can, ca- we, we can uh, uh, cast the, the mountains into the sea. That means if, if you cast a mountain into the, to, to a, the sea, it's, it's not a mountain anymore. You know? you know? It's not a mountain anymore. It's gone. But you know what? What we do is we let a little dust come in on our shoe and then we bring a little more dust and it turns into a mountain. But even then, we can cast that into the sea as though it never existed. And you might be saying, Karen, you're just making things so simple. You have no compassion. No, I do. Some people out there, they've got huge mountains of pain, mountains of debt, Mountains of heartache. But the enemy wants you to focus on the mountain. God wants you to focus on it not existing anymore. 
if God spoke the world into existence, we can speak his world into existence. We need to speak to our body. We need to speak to our situation. So the enemy wants you to get so tired and so worn out that you'll stop speaking to your body. And then you stop speaking to your body. And then what happens? A little dust comes in. <laughs> so we need to continually speak over our body and lay hands on ourselves um, until those things no longer exist. So I want to close with this prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. And right now, in the name of Jesus, we speak a resurrection life into our bodies right now in the name of Jesus. And by the word of God, we are shaking off all the effects of sickness and disease on every member of our church. Satan, you have to take your hands off of our people. All sickness and disease, you have to leave in the name of Jesus. Pain, you have to leave in the name of Jesus. Anxiety, you have to leave in the name of Jesus. Fear, you have to leave in the name of Jesus. Any and all lies of the enemy, you have to leave in the name of Jesus. And right now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we receive that flowing, healing water of restoration that Jesus paid for us and gave us freely. We receive your peace and we are expecting our bodies and our lives to be renewed as you promised. And we thank you, Lord. Amen.